us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. Hither came Conan, the Sumerian, black-haired, sullen-eyed, sword in hand, a thief, a reaver, a slayer, with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth, to tread the jeweled thrones of the earth under his sandal feet. <laughs> wow! What a beginning! Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. It's so epic. <laughs> Jeez, it's the last comic shop. I don't know how to follow that. Well, obviously, we continue to talk about Conan. Oh, the Barbarian. One of the most famous comic book characters out there, honestly. I really do think that. I think as, as much as Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Conan. People know who that dog is. That's right. And at the last comic shop, we're leaving the lights on for those weary sandaled travelers coming in with their furry underpants. I always wondered how much that would chafe, those furry underpants. <laughs> Any case, I'm the host with most, Andy Larson. I hope I don't chap you this week with some of my comments about Conan and the Barbier. And I'm joined by two people that chap me sometimes, which is <laughs> <laughs> Chad Smith and J.A. Scott. And I'm of so course, close. I buy the shirts, those chap shirts, because they're so close to my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, one, just one letter off. It's, yeah. it's, it's and um... even that letter's real close. <laughs> we also got my wonderful brother, Ethan Larson, who's joining us for another genre show. That's right, our favorite French mime. Uh, we can't keep Ethan away from these shows that talk about other things other than. Uh, capes and cows when it comes to comics and when he found out we were reading barbarian sword and sorcery ethan we just couldn't keep you away right yeah that's it man fantasy is my jam anything fantasy related i'm there that definitely includes the conan though i do have to ask like how he gets uh, shaved too how he's so delicate <laughs> just uh, not hairy everywhere like i would just imagine like the savage sword of conan would just be hair like everywhere well, I, I did see that, uh, like, in one of the issues that we're covering today, because we're reading a bunch of stories that came out of the Savage Sword of Conan magazine series that was uh, collected in an omnibus, which, if you've been a fan of The Last Comic Shop for some time, you know that our own J.A. Scott has the complete collection of Savage Sword of Conan omnibuses, uh, recently snagging number one, which was his holy grail for a little while there uh so he has them all and he decided to pick a, a story that happens in a couple issues which one are we reading today ja we are reading the collected story of the people of the black circle considered one of the greatest original conan novellas by robert e howard as retold by roy thomas alfredo alcala and john buscema so we're going to be reading some Conan today, and as a result of uh, us reading of Conan and celebrating this famous barbarian, we thought that we would have another fantastic last comic shop game that we're going to unveil for the first time, as we often do when Ethan's on the show, because he comes up with great ideas. And this is a play off of a similar contest tournament thing that we had way back last June with the last chicken shop challenge. Ethan, take it away. 
Well, in honor of the craziness that is going on right now with the NCAA men's tournament and women's tournament brackets, we're going to do our own version of March Madness, but we're going to call it March Gladness. Where we're going to take 16 of the top barbarians that we found in all comic books and pop culture and pit them out against each other. And we're going to see who's left standing. And you, loyal listeners of the last comic shop, will choose between the final four of who you think is the champion of all the barbarians. And if you need to Google along with the show, know that so am I. See, Chad, all you have to do is talk in that epic voice the whole time, and people will think you know what you're talking about when it comes exactly. to barbarians. A couple of these He-Mans on this list. Do you know Prince Adam of Eternia? And you, you are, you're a child of the 80s and 90s, so you surely know Xena, the warrior princess. But no, I think we're going to have a lot of fun, and hopefully if you don't know some of these barbarians, maybe you'll learn something during this tournament, uh, and you'll go out there and you'll pick up some of either their comic books or movies or TV shows. Uh, I was more excited when I thought the, the tournament was greatest barbarians, was greatest barbaras. <laughs> You got your Barbara Bush, your Barbara Gordon. I love me some Barbaras. Barbara Bain. Yeah. Bar, 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 Barbara Ann. Went to the dance looking for a man. Barbara Ann, bar, bar. the elephant. Now that's a tournament. Any case. Let's go ahead and kick off our tournament. As I said, we have 16 seeds leading up to the final four, which again, as Ethan mentioned, you'll be able to vote on the ultimate winner in this battle to the death. Uh, so yeah, let's get started, and we're yeah. going to go ahead and start off. It's our number one seed, obviously Conan the Barbarian, probably arguably the most famous barbarian of all time. Uh, going up against our number 16 seed, that is Santa the Barbarian, which maybe <laughs> our co-host Chad would like to unpack, given this is specifically on here. This for him. So, well, Santa the Barbarian. I think he made his first appearance as as a card back in the old Wizard Comic Magazine days. Uh, but he had his own issue come out of Maximum Press from uh, the studio of one Robert Liefeld. <laughs> uh, he looks like Santa, but angry. <laughs> Some obvious alcoholism issues with the nose there. He has plenty of pouches. Don't worry. Wow, is that Mrs. Is that Mrs. Claus? Because <laughs> oh go. boy, <laughs> can you can you see his feet? Only in his first appearance. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> so I'm thinking that Santa the Barbarian keeps it close in the first quarter, and then uh, Conan just wipes the floor with him. <laughs> Yeah, that's... yeah, Conan's got like three or four gears above Santa the Barbarian at this point. If you watched Violet Night this past Christmas, you saw Santa the Barbarian and his fighting prowess. Oh, that is true. <laughs> Seeing as though I had to Google Santa the Barbarian for at least five minutes before I found something about this character, I think, I think he's got to go. <laughs> we got to cut him. All yeah, right. Got to cut the Santa off. Yeah, so Conan the Barbarian is moving on, our number one seed. Moving on to the second group of seeds, it's the 8-9 of Spear. Uh, for those folks that have been enjoying uh, on Adult Swim Primal, uh, which I did. I, I just absolutely love that show. Going up against Dave Sims' Cerebus. 
um, which originally started off as a Conan parody, but soon became really a phenomenon unto its uh, itself. Uh, who takes this one, guys? Ethan. Got to go Spear, man. Spear's my boy. Uh, Cerebus is just like a little tiny runt thing. <laughs> and it used to freak me out when I was a kid when you'd read him. So I'm, I'm not feeling the Cerebus. All right. I- I'm going to go with Spear as well, just simply because he rides a dinosaur. And uh, he's killed a lot of people on that show. Like, a lot of people, if you've ever watched Primal. Chad, you got a horse in this race? Haven't watched Primal, haven't read Cerebus. <laughs> Even though it's a really long-running independent comic book. I thought I, I might get there someday, and then as I get older and older, I'm like, nah, don't care. Uh, is Primal... Uh, Tarasovsky? Tarata- yeah, so I like that guy. I'll go with Primal. All right, we got three. Looking forward to that Conan Spear. That could be an upset. We'll see. Going on to the third uh, bracket here, we've got Warlord from DC versus the Lord of the Jungle, Tarzan. First off... I'm supporting Warlord because he was a veteran of Vietnam. You got to support your vets out there, folks. Got to support those troops. Plus, he went into an, an alternate universe and they made a Remco action figure out of it. So Rob Liefeld did draw an insert in an issue of Warlord at one time, but I don't have it. I don't like it. Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he, I don't know how he's a barbarian. J.A. Well, he was played in one movie by everyone's favorite, Christopher Lambert, (laughs) who is Highlander, which is almost a barbarian. So I've got to go Tarzan. Oh, man. All right, Ethan, you're up. You know what? I think it's going to be a three to one sweep here. I think I got to go Tarzan, man. Uh, I know. I like Warlord. I was digging him when you told me all the backstory. You said he has to be ranked pretty high, but unfortunately, the mighty have to fall a little bit when it comes to these brackets. And you know what? We're going to get more pub with Tarzan in the group. There you go. And knock off He-Man. How disappointed were you when you got a warlord toy as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bob. It was almost—it's almost as bad as getting that Dungeons and Dragons guy that nobody knows. Oh. That's Andrew's boy. Oh come on, War Duke—he was on my list of folks that didn't make this bracket. I'm not going to hear anything about War Duke. He should have made it. Uh, moving on to the fourth bracket, we've got Cole. I guess he's a conqueror. I don't know—is he a conqueror versus Beastmaster? And I don't have a dog in this fight because honestly isn't call just kind of like a knockoff conan like for folks that can't get the conan license because it moves around so much yeah, well call was also a conqueror he also had a savage sword i think he could get savage sword of call <laughs> at one time his movie bombed at the box office in like the 90s and it was always on showtime no i think that was krull mm. oh <laughs> yes krill <laughs> <laughs> That's a, type of well, well, That's a terrible that, barbarian. That goes to show you how much I know about Cole. <laughs> We've got him against Beastmaster, which, uh, doesn't he have like an eagle and a panther or something? Is he a knockoff He-Man? Or was that Blackstar, another guy? That's Blackstar! And he, he was also gonna make the list! Damn it, stop cutting down my guys! I'm gonna go Beastmaster just because he has a cooler name. Yeah, I'm not a knockoff guy, so I'm going to go Beastmaster because he has beasts. He had a big cat in that picture. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. We put Beastmaster moves on because then he goes up against Tarzan, which means Tarzan wins and goes through to the final four. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, J.A. (laughs) 
All right, going on to number five, we finally have another of uh, the big seeds uh, with Red Sonia, arguably one of the greatest barbarians of all time as well. Going up against number 15, Turok, which had an awesome N64 game, but that's pretty much all I know about Turok. I didn't even read it when it was a part of Valiant. J.A., did you read Turok? Yeah, I had a bit of Turok. I remember the first issue had one of those chromium covers. I wonder if you could melt all those chromium covers down and turn it into, like, liquid metal that you can now resell. <laughs> don't, they seems... use those, don't they use those in circuit boards or something? Surely we can arbitrage. <laughs> this this conversation is devolving into melting down comic book covers. I think well, I mean, Red Sonya just we, moves we've on. Got a, yeah, Red Sonya is moving on. It goes without saying. Bro, Red Sonya is mopping the floor with Turok. <laughs> Turkey got a prayer. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, coming on to the next round, uh, we've got the number seven, which is Thundar, the Barbarian, with his awesome Sun Sword and Ukla the Mock. I love that cartoon show. That was done by uh, Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby designed. So, like, that's got a lot of comic book pedigree. At number seven, coming up against Tarn. 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 Coming up against Tarn. Tarn. Which uh, you may or may not recognize the name immediately, but she was the awesome barbarian babe that happens at the final segment of the uh, classic 1980s heavy metal animated movie. And Uh, on the poster. She's on the poster. Yes. This is essentially the battle of the double consonants in Thundar versus the double (laughs) vowels in Tarna. And I'm going vowels all the way. Tarna's through. Yeah. We we need a Red Red Sonia-Tarna matchup. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Come on. Thundar the Barbarian. He used to yell devil dogs. When he got into a fight, he had a sun sword. Everybody- I, I think it doesn't matter because whoever is going up against Red Sonja's losing. Red Sonja's yeah. through to the final four. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Chad, back me up. You liked Thundar, didn't you? Maybe? I don't care about any of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I got outvoted since Chad doesn't have a dog in this That's one. That's right. Go with the Tard. <laughs> Moving on, we finally got my boy, which I am going to pump all the way to the final four. He-Man, Prince Adam of Eternia, coming in at number three against Guts from the Berserk series, who has a massive blade. But I think he's more of a mercenary than a barbarian. Yeah, he's an ace borderline. He has a poor outlook on life, check. He's got a huge-ass blade, check. And he wanders from town to town, check. That's all barbarian, man. <laughs> you know what? The, the way you say that, we, we need a Marvel Elseworlds story similar with magic as a wandering barbarian. Limbo barbarian. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Listen, but this is He-Man, most powerful man in the universe. If we don't have him moving on at least to the next round, there is something seriously wrong with this yeah. bracket. Yeah, I also think guts. Andy's going to quit the show. I will. I'm going to point out the rest of this conversation, honestly. I, just the only, the only issue that He-Man brings, and he doesn't have to worry about it in this round. I'd be worried about it in the final four, though, is that his alter ego is – Horrible. He's, he's a literal peg warmer. 
you know, in the in the re-release of the classic line now, they have to bundle that with a, a vehicle because they know that no one will buy Prince Adam. <laughs> and has He-Man actually ever fought anything, or has he just rode that jet from scene to scene? Oh, my goodness. It throws <laughs> things all the time. Exactly. Huge rocks. Save the universe. Boulders. <laughs> and if you want to read really good He-Man, you have to read the He-Man that has the battle axe from the original, like, mini comics. That was a badass He-Man. He didn't have a Prince Adam. Uh, he was just awesome. You should just cut people down. Fighting Skeletor, Overlord of Evil. He-Man's moving on. Final bracket here. We've got Xena. The Warrior Princess coming at number six versus Groot in uh, at 11. <laughs> Let me just tell my vote right here. Let me get a... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard not to vote for Lucy Lawless. Uh, I, I watched that show in the 90s pretty much because she was awesome. Yeah, no, I I want to appreciate Groot more, but I haven't gotten there yet. It's Zine all the way here. Okay. Moving on to round two. This is where we start separating the wheat from the chaff. Conan the Barbarian versus Primal's Spear. And uh, this is a really interesting matchup. because No, I'm... it isn't Conan. Ah! Yeah, we can't have a Final Four without Conan. I'm sorry. Yeah, Conan's I, I just wanted to say that a lot of folks, when they were watching Primal, were saying... This show is the best Conan the Barbarian show because pretty much <laughs> right, that's right, all. Right. Primal but but, but was. they don't say this is the best Primal Spear show. They say it's the best Conan show because Conan. Gonna have a, if they have a Conan show, are they going to say it's the best Spear Primal show they've ever seen? No, no. they're going to say it's the best Conan show. Yeah. Fine. Round, the second round is Tarzan at number three versus Beastmaster at number 12. Let's go, Tarzan. You'll be in my heart <laughs> at 13. You'll be there. Wow. In the final four, we'll win it for He's Phil Collins. Barbarian. He is a jungle lord. I don't understand how he's even in this bracket. No. We had folks like Blackstar, She-Ra, Frank Frazetta's Death Dealer. We had Tarzan on this list. Ethan went full uh, Phil Collins. Tarzan gets my vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tarzan and Conan moving on to the final four. Next, we've got Red Sonia versus Tarna. Tarn. Now, I'm voting all for Tarna. Because I love Tarna. She's pretty much the same as Red Sonia, except uh, it's more post-apocalyptic. And that movie is it's the best part of that movie. Andrew's also holding on to a plus 5,000 Tarna ticket. So he's, <laughs> he's trying to get her to the final four. Any, yes, by any he is. Necessary. I don't think it's happening because even though Red Sonia's movie is hot garbage, the rest of Red Sonia is just hot. No garbage yes. involved. No. Zero it's Red garbage. Sonia. Correct. I would love to see this fight. You could put that one on pay-per-view and I would watch it. Of all the matches here, this is the one I'm watching. I think that goes on a different channel. <laughs> <laughs> right, Finally, we've got He-Man versus Xena the Ooh. Warrior Princess. Ooh. And my goodness, I think Ooh. this one is the, probably the toughest matchup on the list. A number three and a number six. I, I honestly thought Xena should have come in at like a four or a five, probably above Cull. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. by the way, there was a Cull movie. Probably went straight to video. It starred Kevin Sorbo. 
Oh. Isn't that Crawl? I thought that was Crawl. No, Crawl was a different movie. Oh, I did. Oh, I did see that movie. Script. The one with Kevin Sorbo. Maybe okay. you didn't see it. I Kroll, saw it in the Crawl is a 1983 movie that starred Ken Marshall. I'm not Googling that. No, no, I'm not doing anything with that. But He-Man's moving on. I mean, give a Final Four that people are going to love. Like, seriously. If you're talking about the best four barbarians of all time, Conan, Red Sonja, He-Man, and... Also Tarzan. And freaking Tarzan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay with that, guys? Is that our Final Four bracket for the fans? That that seems like a good Final Four. I'll I'll co-sign it. We're going chalk for the most part. Right, exactly. There weren't any huge upsets. Tarzan. I'm going to argue to the day. Listen to some other folks that could have been on this list. Uh, Ator, the Flying Eagle. Uh, Deathstalker. Dark Wolf from Fire and Ice. Black Star, as I mentioned. Troll, which I mentioned. Den by Richard uh, Corbin. Joe the Barbarian, which was a Grant Morrison title. That's the other one of those things I recognize. <laughs> Bo- Bobby the Barbarian from... Yeah, Bobby the Barbarian from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. All of those folks could have And been- I tried to argue Artemis. Is that her name? Is that my pronouncing it right? Where's from- Where's Mad Mardigan from Willow? <laughs> or Call Drago. Call Drago didn't make the list either. Yeah, from Game of Thrones. Could have made it. Any case... Make sure that you're getting out to our Twitter account this week at Last Comic Shop. We are going to have these final four available for all of you. And hopefully you'll have just as much fun voting for these final four and who you think the greatest barbarian of all time is just as much as we had in uh, getting this final four bracket for you. So in case we've got more talking barbarians right after these commercial breaks with Conan. So stay tuned. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code LCSPOD today. That's LCSPOD. Hey all, I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom, from movies to TV, video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life, and share in the love of geekdom. Over the sweltering hills lies the last comic shop, and we're back. And, uh, that was <laughs> and little... if you can hear that sound in the background, that that's us sharpening our swords as we get ready to delve into an epic tale from the Savage Sword magazine run that started in the 70s. That's right. In particular, we are going to be lead, or going with the lead story from Savage Sword of Conan, issue 16 through 19, which started in December of 1976 and ran a couple of months. Uh, <laughs> it was written by Roy Thomas with art by John Buscema and Alfredo Alcala. And as J.A. alluded to earlier, it is adapted from one of Robert E. Howard's most famous novellas, 
people of the black circle. Yeah. I think the first part of the story actually has that as the title. The rest of them are like some other title or whatever. I'll get to that in my 10 cent synopsis. So long story short, this is another of the uh, classic grudge matches between Conan the Barbarian and a bunch of wizards. (laughs) That's pretty much, I, I, I found that there's like three kinds of Conan stories. Conan versus wizards, which everybody loves. Conan leading a huge army. And then maybe Conan versus some giant monster. Those are pretty much the three Conan books. They fall in one of those three buckets. This is the first, where he's in some sort of, uh, I don't know, desert kingdom or something like that. Desert, mountains, whatever. Uh, These wizards are, they they kill the the, the Shah or whatever, the ruler, king, prince, whatever of this kingdom. And his sister is super pissed. And it turns out that Conan's there, and he kidnaps her, and they run around, and she falls in love with him as they ride on horseback, and they, and eventually they go and they fight these wizards. That's, that's it. Like, I mean, they, it's just four issues leading up to them going to this, this tower or this castle or whatever, and it's pretty cool. There's a lot of little, like, awesome Conan moments up to that, but that's pretty much what it is. Conan vs. Sorcerers. I actually wanted to start by pitching this back to J.A. because this kind of all started from when we sh- when you showed us our ma- your massive amount of omnibuses, and I was extremely impressed and jealous of all of them. But I just wondered, like, what was the appeal to this character for you personally? And, like, was it the, the actual the magazine format that they were printed in? Was it the, the character itself? What appealed to you about collecting the omnibuses to begin with? I like the character. I like sort of, you know, the swords and sorcery genre and what got me into Savage Sword, which is the black and white magazine versus Conan the Barbarian, which was the Marvel comic, which was color, was that Savage Sword, because it was printed in the magazine, tended to be a little bit more adult themed. So, you know, the women wore less clothing. People got their heads cut off. It was a bit more savage. Uh, No pun intended. And at least for the first four volumes, you got beautiful John Buscema art, Alfredo Acala art, and Roy Thomas writing, adapting a lot of the classic Robert E. Howard stories. So that's what drew me in. And then because I'm a comic book collector, you get the itch and you want to fill out the fever. Gotta catch them all. Gotta get them all. And why I suggested this story, because there is a bit of repetition and repetitiveness with Conan books, Uh, you know, especially people who read a couple here and there. Oh, they're very similar. Uh, What I like about uh, the people of the black circle is you get this atypical for Conan sort of Hindustan feel of the locations. So the locations in this book is very much sort of northern India. I mean, when they're going through that past, that is essentially the Khyber Pass. It's a, you know the the Hyborian version of the Khyber Pass. So you get some Himalayas, and and also it goes much more in depth on the wizards. Usually wizards just there, they conjure some things and and Conan chops their head off or something. But here you actually, you get some development and you see sort of the the backstory of them and and why they exist. 
Yeah, and I I liked the fact that they're you know going back to my my wrestling you know this is Hulk Hogan and they're building up this lunk which was the original wizard and they're showing how badass he is and then the other wizards swoop in and just kick the living crap out of that other wizard and they're like okay these are the big bads and so that's the one that Conan's going to go after. So I really like the way that they kind of built off of each other. But it, it did kind of subvert my expectations. Like, I really wanted a matchup between Conan and the the wizard that was was meant to be. And I don't remember any of these people's names because I couldn't. I can't His name's Tom. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. Like, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, it, it, it almost had a feeling of like those uh, those video games where that's the mini boss. You're building up in the video game to that battle with the mini boss, but you don't know it's the mini boss. You think it's actually the big bad, and you're like, "Oh man, yes. I like this!" And then all of a sudden, wait, no. And then there's gonna... a cut screen, and the big boss comes, and you've got like two bars of life. Yes, left. exactly. <laughs> yep. And actually, honestly, uh, the main wizards, the main, f- I guess it's five. I thought it was four originally, but now I was like, they were awesome. And there's a great scene where uh, they have to go to the castle and they have to travel through this like deadly mist and they have to walk across this one path. And some of the la- the, the, the writing that Roy Thomas has and explaining like them finding the golden path and going across, it's really nice. And, and when coupled with that artwork, which we'll get to in a second, because that's I'm not going to sugarcoat that. So that's the reason you read this. Yeah, no, I mean, this was a fun Conan story. And for me, uh, Conan's one of those itches that I don't uh, satisfy all the time. But every now and again, I enjoy uh, just watching it play out the way that it plays out. And boy, the art in this is something special. And the textures, the texture to the black and white Bushem Alfredo Uh Ocala art, like every different thing they would do, you'd be like, oh, that looks great. Look at the way they drew that carpet. I've never noticed carpets in a comic book before. Look at the way, look, the, the Castle Grayskull, the way the wood is bars up against the doors and like every different texture, every different panel would have something just gorgeous about it. I was just thinking like, because eventually at the very end of the series, like there's a there's an insert in the Omnibus that says that they're going to monthly. And I think the artists probably like, shit themselves at that point <laughs> they're like, they're like, we have to draw this over and over and over because i get if you give me two months i'm going to give you something quality in, in a month you're getting like you know run the mill but it's, well, I, that's funny funny that you mentioned that because that actually happens uh i don't know if it's later in this omnibus or in the next one where they didn't have a story ready to go and they had to republish something that they were doing for Conan the Barbarian for the comic book so it's colored and everything because they couldn't make the deadlines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I will say this, that uh, an interesting story about John Buscema who did uh, the penciling on all of these particular issues, he actually went on record saying he didn't like drawing superheroes. He would have rather drawn Conan the Barbarian all the time. He, he felt that superheroes were fairly boring compared to some of the great stuff that he got to do in some of these fantasy epics. So if you talk to a lot of folks, most people agree that um, up until maybe Carrie Nord, who came on in, what, the 2000s. Yeah, Dark Horse, when they had the license. That uh, John Buscema was the gold standard for Conan. That was the quintessential look for Conan, even though I am more of a fan of Barry Windsor Swift's more svelte 
athletic looking Conan, the, the sinewy, the big bulky guy. Uh, everybody remembers just the the black long hair and the massive shoulders, and it's hard not to think of it that way. Like yeah. And, like, just look at all this stuff. You want to know how to draw a horse? You look at how he draws a horse. You want to know how to draw, you know, a linen sheet or whatever? Look yes, at how he draws a linen sheet. I was going to say the fabrics, the way fabrics yes. fall on the yes. human form yeah. is incredible. The and hairy is- underpants, but they're wonderful hairy underpants. <laughs> and going back to just why I love, like, the grayscale black and white stuff so, so much is, like, you get that kind of texture. Like, you have to do detailed work to portray what you're actually trying to portray. Like you can't, you can't hide behind colors when you have to draw this kind of stuff. So you get this rich, deep, vibrant detail. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm probably just going to pour over just like the details of this entire magazine, because like you guys exposed me to a world that I've never experienced before in the, in the magazine format, because for me, like, if you know me, this store is a four, like I'm just going to write it right now. It's a four. I love fantasy. (laughs) I love everything that has to do with this. So I'm just, I'm just gushing over like all the other stuff that I got. And one thing I have to go to is these letter section, man. <laughs> this letter section is a trip, dog. Like, <laughs> like if, if you wanted to take a Reddit forum and transport it back to 1976 and post it, like these are the same arguments you can find in like a Game of Thrones or a Witcher subreddit. These these rich, detailed arguments that people are getting into about like. Oh, I think you portrayed this inaccurately to R.E.H.'s vision of this. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys are even nerds back then. I can't believe it. (laughs) And then there's also like some weird thing where like, I don't know if it was Roy Thomas writing or somebody like, you know, they got an intern to do it. But it was like there was somebody who who had a complaint about the, the way that the women were drawn, that they were like, please don't have them be all huge chested, more or less. And they were like, well, we got a model for Devi this time around. But, like, if you want to send in your pictures to us, <laughs> you know, like, what, what the hell am I reading? Well, you know. <laughs> this is, like, the most pervy 1976 thing I've ever read oh, in my, my life. Gosh. The stories are all about that. But uh, Wendy Peeney from uh, ValveQuest fame actually came to prominence as a Red Sonia cosplayer. And she would go to the the original comic conventions and like make connections that way. Oh yeah, there was a, there was an advertisement for Sonya Con in one of the back to that too. I'm like, that's the last place I want to go on the face of this earth is Sonya Con. <laughs> <laughs> but so so like the the time capsule aspect of this traveling back through time for you, Ethan. That was like that was the icing on the cake. That for was the you? broad. That was the, definitely the broad appeal because like. For a, a, a dollar back then was like what we figured that out to be five or six bucks now. And you got a lot of content for a dollar or five bucks of what you're paying now. Like right. you got, what, what was it, Jay? You said that some of the stuff couldn't even be published in the Omnibus because they didn't own the licensing you were explaining in the break. Yes, yeah, yeah. You've got in every Savage Sword of Conan magazine, you would have, uh, besides the letters, you maybe you'd have a Solomon Kane story, or you're a King Cull story, a Red Sonja standalone story. So Marvel, uh, when they were reprinting the Omnibus, didn't have the rights to all of those characters. So, like, they could run a Red Sonja if she was in a Conan book, but they couldn't do the standalone Red Sonja, because I think Dynamite has it now, but, you know, these properties get moved around like for example conan is no longer marvel now conan some uh those rights went where did conan's rights go back to dark horse i think 
I don't. I thought it was somebody else. It was like Titan or some. Yeah. But I mean, so so it's sort of like the Gold Key characters, the Valiant, you know, some of the Valiant stuff, where when the rights change, it, it's harder to get these additions collected, which is why I was so happy that I got that white whale when Andrew told me that Marvel was losing the Conan rights. I knew that the reprint of uh, Savage Sword of Conan Omni number one, which is impossible to find, is never going to be reprinted. So I'm glad I found a, a copy in Poland. Well, yes, when sir. does Conan hit... Uh, not Creative Commons... Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Yes. How many, how many probably got to be soon. But but that's but again, that is the copyright on or the trade on Conan the name, right? But this stuff that was published by Marvel, they still own the rights to it for because they own the the copyright rights, the printing rights. Uh, right. And actually, I think there are certain aspects uh, that are already in the public domain. I believe some comic book company now currently makes a book called the Sumerian or something like that because they can use that term. They just can't call him Conan. Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, you can make a Thor book now. You just can't use, you can't just be Thor, Thor. Yeah, you can't use Marvel some of the Thor, stuff yeah. that Marvel stuff, but you can still be, it can be Thor, he can have his hammer. I mean, he can have all, Loki can be in it. All these, those characters are public domain. But keep your hands off Jane Foster, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and if Conan's involved, keep your hands off Debbie. Because, man, that's another thing. I might have been a little bit glib from when we started about this particular story, just being Conan vs. Wizards. But there's actually a lot of great, you know, relationship building in this particular book. He got an older Conan. I think they comment that he's like about 34 in this. And he's already on his quest to make a kingdom like he's beyond his mercenary days now he's like no i want to be a leader of men i want to get together a tribe and create my own country and so you're already setting the roots for what you get in king conan uh so you have this conan that's a little more world savvy a little bit has been around the block bedded enough women that maybe he's starting to look for like who's going to be my queen and so he meets this the Spitfire and, and this Debbie character. Who's a queen. And, who is a queen. Who yes. is a queen. Who has and, a kingdom uh, that, could, that rightfully could just, he could just take. Or, right. And, you know. and, and he initially takes her for a ransom to try to get back some chieftains that her, her kingdom has taken, taken hostage. And uh, ultimately, uh, there's a little bit of a love affair that starts brewing in one of the like most, I just don't know how to say it. Like there's this scene where... They have to hide Debbie, so they they see this like hill lady. <laughs> oh, and he buys her clothing. He her a couple of coins. Yeah. He's like, he's like, take off your clothes, and she's like, what? And he's like, I just want your clothes. I don't want to ravage you. Although later on, she tells everybody that man he ravaged me. Yeah. That monster of a man. It was. Yeah. <laughs> What is going on? Yeah, that's that's the point with the with the, with that and the, the send us your pictures thing. I was like, <laughs> I, had to, I had to put this book down and go like, you know, it's, take a it's, you're in a different age. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. Uh, like this is the you know the take. Hyborian age. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, one w- one little aspect that we haven't mentioned while the interior was all black and white, they had beautiful painted covers. Oh, oh God. yes. Oh, yeah. God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Each cover was. Full color, beautiful, painted, and I mean. Did they say in the letter section at one point that, that the person who does the covers has moved on to do paperbacks? Yeah. 
And that's, not the, that's not Fran for, for Tejo. Frank Frazetta, no. That's no. Dan Adkins. Dan Atkins, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, and regardless, my favorite cover of this entire four-issue arc that we particularly read, I loved 18. Conan fighting like this skeleton wizard, and the woman is writhing on the... Just, but no, I was going to mention, too, uh, issue 18, that's the one where they change up the art style a little bit. It looks a little bit more charcoal. Yes. And, like, yeah. neat to see, like, after gushing so much about the other art, I was like, wait a minute, this is this is different, but you still got such a unique blend. Like, I, I don't read a ton of black and white stuff, and, like, this really just... It, it was just so fun to appreciate the panels. You were also saying, too, Andrew, that the... Um that Conan's transitioning from mercenary to almost king. Bro, a dude never shuts up. <laughs> he just talks and talks. That's Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas, no, he... There was a reason why in, in the mid-60s when Stan Lee wanted to stop writing uh, comics on the regular for Marvel, he handpicked Roy Thomas to be his successor just because... The guy knows how to just write a yarn and just continue to just talk and talk and talk. When, yeah, like, I don't know. Some of the, like, she wields her knife murderously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, show, show, don't tell. Yeah. Really channeling Robert E. Howard, too. I mean, he was very <laughs> verbose. <laughs> well, one thing that we hope is not verbose is our ratings, but that's coming up right after these commercial breaks. So stay tuned for more Last Comic Shop right after this. Do your hobbies include comic books, movies, television, and or video games? Are you always behind with the latest news in the world of nerd? Well, look no further than the Oblivion Bar, a nerd culture podcast. Oh, great Scott! Hosted by Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles. The Oblivion Bar offers a weekly review of all the latest breaking news, in-depth discussions far beyond whether Han shot first, and newsletter section, where you, the listener, send in your questions to be answered live on the show. New episodes every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. I'm just so, so freaking excited! You can also find us on Twitter, at Oblivion Bar Pod. Come join us at the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Hope to see you there. Did we come back to the last comic shop? That's all I got. I, I'm not as cool as J.A. or Ethan, but what I am cool enough to say is it's time for our ratings. Yes, that time of every single show where uh, we give you a one out of four scale. Well, it's easy. One out of four savage swords. All right. Well, this should be easy enough for Ethan because he already yeah, said it earlier I in the did. show. But let's let's see if he's got any final comments to go along with that. Ethan? No, I just, I, I would say, like, to take it as a product of its time a little bit. You know, we have to dismiss the the little bit of sexism that's in there. But, yeah, it's a, totally a four. Well, a little bit of sexism. Yeah. <laughs> Minuscule amounts. <laughs> Look, if you can take, like, a James Bond movie that's, like, from 1970, like, if you can take, like, Dr. No or Goldfinger, uh, you'll be fine here. You yeah. know how to treat women. You're, you're a respectable man now in 2022. You can go back and read this and, and just, you know, gloss over. Put the put the comic down, bring it back up. It's good stuff. Right. Yeah, no character called Pussy Galore in this show. <laughs> so, <I> know. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a step up from somewhere. Yeah, you've avoided that landmine, so. J.A., what's, uh, what's your rating? Yeah, I'm going uh, 3.75 Savage Swords, so not quite four. 
got a little bit of nicks and cuts in the blade to take it back. Uh, the story wanders a bit sometimes. Uh, we, we talked about you had the bad who's not the big bad, but you thought he was the big bad. I like that complexity. It's just it takes a while to read it. As if you might have noticed, there are a lot of people. You almost need to get out like a, 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 a notepad to track all the different characters throughout this. So it's not the easiest digestible story. I will be recommending one in the recommendations that's a little bit easier to unpack. That being said, you know, everything we said about it, the art, the layouts, the violence of it all. There's this great scene near the end where the wizard kills one of Conan's uh, soldiers by ripping the heart out. The body splits in half and the heart shoots straight up into the wizard's hand. I was like, dude, that is, yeah. yes, he's got like a Cthulhu hand and, and, he, and he splits the dude in half and you see like the skeleton ripping apart with the intestines and the lung bits coming and the heart <laughs> shooting up. It, Genuinely creepy. Yeah. Yeah, and that, graphic. That, that's what took this story for me from a 3.75 to a 4 was that graphic <laughs> That part. took it over the and end. Then holding, yeah. And then holding the clutching the heart in his hand. Badass. Like, come on. But man. then but then he disappears into the mist and turns into a giant snake. And I was like, yeah. Ah. It wasn't actually, I will have to say, it was a very disappointing ending. Like, if I was to buy that issue, they had to put a lot more stuff in there. Because, like, you gave me so much great content from 16 to 18. And then 19, it was just like, they kind of rushed to finish that story and they gave us almost like a half issue and so that i was a little disappointed and miffed in that point all right well i'll go next uh you know if i was going to just rank this on art alone it would be a four 4.5 or a five <laughs> or a ten or something this is some of the best art out there and as we'll get to in my recommendations not only is john buscema one of my favorite artists of all time but alfredo alcala is another one of my favorite artists of all time so to have them both on the same book is just tremendous the story though is kind of like a two <laughs> This is just a Conan story, which, to Jay's point, I've, I've read a bunch of Conan stories, and this is just another one. And you're right, There's, I spent most of the time just being like, I can't pronounce any of these names, <laughs> so like, I'm not going to even try. I, I will say this, uh, it, the wonderful thing about this particular uh, collection, though, is the fact that if you can get that Omnibus Volume 2, if you can pick that up and you can get all those bonus features, like as Ethan said, the letters column, or there's a great backup story that you do get in the Omnibus about like the history of the fall of Conan's country. And I think it's drawn by Walt Simonson for fame. So yeah. like... The that's, Hyperion Age or whatever it was. That's awesome. I spent more of my time, even though those were a bunch of names I couldn't pronounce either. I don't know what Robert E. Howard, I think he just like, I don't know, had a dartboard with a, you know, the alphabet and he just would throw darts. Yeah, Z, A, X, W, question mark, smiley face. That's the name of that town. I love it. But no, it's, it's like a... It's like a 2.75, honestly. It's not exactly even a 3, just simply because that story just, it's just too run-of-the-mill. It's too been there, done that with, with Conan, even with some of the fun stuff. It, I, I've seen this. And so, Chad? Man, that's that's shocking to me. <laughs> it shouldn't be. be. Shocking. <laughs> so I... Sorry, I'm still recovering. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> the art in here is shook me. And like I said, with the whole black and white magazine thing, you, you get all those textures, you get all those artistic techniques. And I agree with you, Andy. At certain points, the story was another Conan story, but this was a really well done Conan story. And there were certain parts where I just kind of like, all right, I'm going to turn off that part of my brain and just enjoy it. And once that happened, I was able to really uh, dive in. I'm going to go with a 3.3333333333 repeating. So you get that one sword that, you know, the light shines off. You don't know where it ends. But beautiful women. There's great locales. There's I'm pretty sure they fought in Castle Grayskull at one point. And just... Just for the art alone, like, it's beautiful. I, I haven't read a ton of Savage Sword, but I've heard people talk about it fondly, and you can really see Ushema and Alfredo Alcala just really working their magic. And do you want a complicated story out of Conan book? I don't think you do. And as I said at the top of the show, this is not an itch I scratch all the time, but this is a great story for what it was, uh, what it was intended to be. It, you know, it fulfills its purpose. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, if you're looking for a really great uh, Conan story that has a great story, look up uh, Tower of the Elephant, which I think is an issue of four of the Conan series, but written by uh, Roy Thomas with art by uh, Barry Windsor Smith. That's one of my favorite stories of Conan of all time. And, and you read that and then read this and you'll see what I mean. In any case, we're hoping that you also see what we mean with recommendations. Yes, this is the time of every single show where we give you other comic books to pick up in addition to the Savage Sword of Conan Omnibus Volume 2, which hopefully you can still find. Gosh knows it was hard enough for Jay to find Volume 1, but hopefully Volume 2 is still out there and still somewhat affordable but you if you can't pick up the hardcover because it is it, it's, it's out there it's it's easier to find they it had a bigger print run than the volume one but it is starting to get up there in price you can buy the comiXology version of it for like 30 dollars there you go so maybe you go check that out in addition to checking out these things including another great conan story from our own jay scott ja yes that's Black Colossus. This was from Savage Sword of Conan number two. So it is in that very hard to find first omnibus, but you can also buy it as a standalone issue on Comixology, or you can get the omnibus one on Comixology if you want the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, Black Colossus, basically Conan faces off against a faceless enemy that's haunting Princess Yasmina. And then he ends up leading her army against another invading army. It's later in Conan's career. So this is setting up sort of what he when he goes on to be King Conan. It's one story in one magazine, so it's a little bit easier to digest. And you get, again, Roy Thomas writing with Buscema and Alcala art. Right, and if you're interested in both the story of Black Colossus and Tower of the Elephant, make sure that you're getting out to our Twitter page, at Last Comic Shop, or Instagram. I might post it there, too. But we have a great article J.A. and I wrote about some other great Conan stories that you can check out with some of this wonderful artwork by Barry Windsor Smith and John Buscema and Alfredo Alcala. So make sure that you're checking out that bonus coverage for Conan later on this week on their social media. Uh, Chad, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so I'm going to go within the, the Conan universe, and I'm, I probably have recommended this before. 
Red Sonia by Mark Russell and Bob Q. Bob oh, Quinn. man, that's the same as that Lone Ranger team. That is. Oh, damn, I got to read this. And so I I really did enjoy the Mark Russell Red Sonia run because it wasn't just a babe in a chainmail bikini. It was about leadership and the cost of leadership and the sacrifices you make. As Red Sonia is initially uh, put in charge of a kingdom when the elders have decreed, like, we don't want to do it. So they just shift it over to Red Sonia, and then all these people are looking to her for guidance. And the entire run was really insightful, and it wasn't what I was expecting out of that particular character. It's been a minute since I've read it, but it came out of Dynamite Entertainment circa 2020, 2019. And if you can find these in trades, or I know a lot of times they'll show up in like humble bundles or things of that nature, the Mark Russell run on Red Sonia is worth your time because it's more than just sword and sorcery, but it has that stuff too. Uh-huh. The Queen's Gambit. Well, there Before. you go. Speaking of cost, another thing that's kind of expensive nowadays is the original three-part miniseries of Masters of the Universe that DC Comics put out in the early 80s, before even the uh, Filmation series started. Uh, And so they had a license to put out three comic books, which again, uh, luckily I have all three of them, but they did cost a pretty penny at, at some comic book shows to track down. But luckily for all of you, you can find these particular three issues in an omnibus. It's the uh, Masters of the Universe omnibus that DC put out that not only includes those three issues from the 1980 run, but also includes From Eternia with Death, where He-Man fights Superman from DC Comics Presents 47, as well as all of the more modern DC comic books uh, that the relaunch happened, I think it was maybe five, six years ago now. And they're all in this one omnibus, but man, that three-issue arc, you know, if you're not a big fan of the uh, Filmation series because you think it's too kid-friendly, Paul Kupperberg took all of the same ideas that they eventually would wheel out in the uh, Filmation series, whether it was Prince Adam, whether it was the secret identity, whether it was Skeletor and, and looking for the swords and Castle Grayskull and all that great stuff, he really makes it adult and uh, makes it interesting and fascinating and just as epic as anything that you would find in a Conan story. So uh, it's got wonderful art by George Tuska, who you may or may or may not know was one of the co-creators of Luke Cage. And it has Alfredo Alcala as the inker, who you may or may not know was the original artist for all of the He-Man mini-comics. So uh, great stuff for Masters Universe. So either find it in the omnibus, find it in the single issues, but track down that three-issue arc out of uh, DC comic books in the early 80s. Ethan, round us out here with your recommendation. All right. Well, I'm the I'm the resident fantasy guy. So all those books sound fantastic, by the way. I'll have to pick up all three of them. But I'm going to be a little bit busy right now because I my wife got me the complete set of the Witcher uh, novels, which are from um, uh, the Polish writer Andrzej Sapkowski. Um, you, you may recognize this from the video game or the Netflix series, but this is where it all started, folks. This is the original series. I plowed through The Last Wish. I'm on Sword of Destiny right now. Fantastic series of Geralt of Rivia. Uh, he's a traveling monster hunter. Some of the monsters are based on fairy tales, and there's always a hint of truth in every fairy tale. 
Uh, so I highly recommend this. If you don't like this and you want to go back to the comic book version that Dark Horse did, written by Paul Tobin, you can get the full omnibus right now, the first five issues, uh, for less than $10. So it's a, it's a steal uh, for your e-reader. I'm jealous <laughs> of that box set. That's it's it. looking nice. I can't get past the stupid Griffin on Witcher. Uh, I'm playing yes. it on the Nintendo, and I can't get the stupid Griffin keeps <laughs> <laughs> Well, one thing that we hope that you get past is uh, this week's episode of The Last Comic Shop, so you can listen to other ones. And you can do that very easily by going out to the website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It does not take some sort of epic quest to do anything to get our shows. You just find it. You find it on our website. You find it on any of those podcasting platforms. You rate, you review, you subscribe, you leave us some nice comments. It's a treasure unto itself, and we deeply appreciate anybody that gives us uh, some kind words. Smash that like button. Smash yeah. that five-star review. That's By right. Crom, smash that five-star review. <laughs> a broadsword. <laughs> Being at a real broad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> any case if you're questing to find comic book bags boards long boxes short boxes clamshells the whole nine yards make sure that you're getting all your comic book related supplies out at bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code lcspod to get 10 percent off your order because there's nothing better than saving a little bit of cold hard coin when you're trying to fill uh, your comic book library up with awesome places to put that comic library. In any case, LCSPOD is the code again over at bcwsupplies.com. And don't forget to follow us on the socials where you can vote in this week's poll about who is your favorite Barbara Arian. Wait, no. <laughs> who is your favorite Barbarian? Remember, we've got Conan v. Tarzan v. Red Sonia the He-Man! That's right. Not the Masters of the Universe. But make sure you head on out and vote in that poll uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, everywhere on the internet. It's at Last Comic Shop. Or you can always head back to the regular website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com, where they can find what else, J.A.? That's right. We have links to our merch store. You can get mugs. Tote bags, Last Comic Shop t-shirts. We've got a special St. Paddy's Day t-shirt, so get that while supplies last. And limited time, limited time only, furry loincloths. <laughs> That's right! Non-chapping. <laughs> By crumb, these furry pants are comfy. <laughs> But no, seriously, get out and get that that St. Patty's Day shirt. That one's awesome. It's uh, if it sells really well, we're going to continue to keep it on the website because I think it's a great design. Just go check it out uh, out at our website. And other things you can check out are your local comic shops. You can always go to the Comic Shop Locator at www.comicshoplocator.com, where you can find things like the Savage Sword of Conan omnibuses, or you can find some of our recommendations like. That other savage sort of Conan omnibus? <laughs> that one's going to be tough, because that one's the one that J.A. had to spend $300 in Poland to get. I know. <laughs> hey, if you want it, you can find it out there. You can also seek out that He-Man omnibus from DC Comics. You can find uh, the Red Sonia. I don't think uh, Dynamite has those in Omnibuy, but those trades are easy enough to come by. Or you could go read an actual book from the Witcher series. By Polish author, what was the name again, Ethan? Andrzej Sapkowski. That guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Check out all those fantastical elements at your local shop today. Any case, we hope that you come back to the last comic shop next week. Until then, as most most Andy Larson is joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and Ethan Larson. And remember to stay safe, stay warm, and also, if Conan happens to break your arm in two places, stop going to those places. I got a million of them, folks. I got a million of them. The Last Comic Shop was a 2023 Black Anders production.